0: We spend upwards of two weeks through a process we call the creative lab that digs very, very deep on that. Then we come out the other side and then present it to our customer. And then we test maybe those three or four or five different avatars with three or four or five different messages in order to expand that market with oftentimes the same targeting that maybe they were using prior to our arrival. So I would say that's a huge trend that's going to continue.
1: Hello and welcome to the Business Innovation and Technology podcast. I am your host, Jordan Rogers Smith, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. We have Ralph Burns, digital marketing expert, founder and CEO of Tier 11, to talk about how he built a business on Meta and really share some of his insights and knowledge about the the industry and really how you can grow what your how you can grow your presence on the platform. So, we're going to jump straight into it, and really, I'd love to pass it straight to you, Ralph, and tell us a bit about yourself, tell us about your story, and really how you got to where you are today.
0: Thanks for inviting me. Great to be on the show here, Jordan, and uh, happy to, to tell about my experience here. I mean, I, I, I go back, and thinking about this the other day, I think we first started advertising, or at least I first started advertising on, at that point, just Facebook, not Meta as of yet, and I think it was 2009, nine, two thousand maybe, maybe the start of 2010, which was only right-hand rail ads. And um, I was uh, I was promoting a business that no longer actually exists, but I was working in the corporate world for about 20 years or so, fired twice. And the second time I was fired, it was because uh, I had actually created a, a blog for sales managers, which is a sales management training website, because I was actually managing sales managers. I figured if they ever found out about this thing, then They would love it. They're like, oh, this guy is doing something on his own and actually improving his skills. Well, that was not the case. Uh, Ended up being sort of an ugly departure. But what I did learn when I was growing that blog was that I really enjoyed the process of getting traffic and just internet marketing, digital marketing in general. And then uh, once that business promptly failed, uh, the second or third one I think I had tried up until that point, I realized that affiliate marketing was really where uh, I could create. Ads, do a lot of the things I was doing in the digital marketing side with the sales management training site, but I didn't have a product as of yet. And other people had products, other companies had products. So a logical next step for me is to really learn the ropes and spend my own money, eat what I killed, so to speak, in the affiliate marketing world. And, uh, you know, got into some, you know, not so savory, some shady uh, consumer products, some work at home products. But one of the products that I ended up promoting on Facebook for the very first time was a dating product, and it was Christian Mingle. I don't even know if they still exist, Jordan, but back then in 2009, 2010, the only, the only targeting on Facebook was where someone lived, obviously their, their gender, who they were interested in, male, female, or other, if they were in a relationship. I think it was either married, single, or it's complicated, and I said, that's ideal for a dating offer. So I put together my landing page, which was kind of a cruddy landing page. And I put together some ads, my right-hand rail ads, and just put my credit card in and bam, ran some traffic. About two, three hours later, I realized, maybe I should just check on this thing. And it was about 11 o'clock at night. And I went back into my Facebook ad account and I realized I hadn't made a single sale, hadn't gotten a single lead, but I had spent $3,000. and. That's when I realized I said, "Holy crap, there is so much traffic on this platform if they could figure out the targeting, which they eventually did you guys were genius with that like this would be a major platform for whatever it is that I did in digital marketing so that was sort of the start. we ended up taking on real clients, no no longer you know doing affiliate sales for Christian Mingle and Facebook then became our primary platform in 2012 and 2013, when ads appeared in the newsfeed and all the interest targeting and all the great stuff that you guys have created uh, became a reality. So ever since then we've just built an agency uh, based upon Facebook now, Instagram now, all the other platforms within Meta, and it's been a tremendous ride up until now.
1: So you touched upon there a number of the pivotal changes of our business. As you said, like when you started, we didn't really have a mobile app business; it was still right hand rail. And for anyone that that has been working with Facebook for that long, you'll remember there was the whole page tab app uh, craze of of you know wanting to get likes on your page and building these apps and that was my first foray into to facebook that's where i started in, in that industry before before moving to the other side of the house so from there you know we went we developed a mobile business and you know now we are where we are from your experience like what do you think have been the most pivotal changes within that journey and and how did those inflections points help you grow your own business or meta
0: yeah, I mean, I think the, the focus on mobile was a huge one. I mean, back in you know, 2012, 2013, in that range. And I can't exactly remember the first time I ran a newsfeed ad, but it was in and around that time. It was all desktop, really. That was the main focus. And I think that your shift over to mobile, we shifted right along with that. And then our landing pages and everything, when she clicked off, Facebook had to be mobile compliant. That was a huge shift. And obviously, it it created a lot of momentum for the company. And we just sort of grew alongside Facebook all the way through. I mean, I think that the biggest fundamental change in the platform sort of you know, pre, I know there were ads before the right hand rail ones, but was really was the targeting options and the fact that you are now immersive in the newsfeed. And I think that was the big, big change that just transformed, we said, all right, we're gonna go all in on this. Cause I had done Google pay-per-click, you know, Yahoo, MSN, I had done SEO, I had done display. I, You know, I used to call up websites and buy traffic off their site and then place a banner on it at a pre existing rate, not even like CPM it was like, yeah, I'll pay you 10 bucks a month or whatever. And then arbitrage that traffic with an affiliate offer. But it's right then that we sort of figured out, it was actually, I, I had a couple of SEO customers still as holdovers and i would just boost some of their posts on facebook we were getting so much traffic just from there and buyers said i've got to transition my whole agency over to that so it was i would say the most pivotal change was the targeting uh and and really just switching over obviously there was some big data that was involved with that and now a little bit less so but still the platform is the best advertising platform in the world and it that's why we really focused on just social, just Facebook, now Instagram and obviously, you know, with Messenger. Um, and it's been a tremendous way in which we can help businesses grow. And that's really the goal. We just so happened to do it with social ads. And now we do other ads, you know, we do other platforms, but still, we always start with the meta platform. Um, that was really the, the big, big shift. And there's lots of other little shifts there. Uh, but that was sort of the, the pivotal one for us that just changed everything.
1: And throughout that transition, things obviously got far more complex. As you say, we started off with a very simple set of ad units. And now I couldn't even tell you how many ad units or placement options or combinations that we have. And whether it's a carousel or a video or something for reels or or in-stream or whatever it might be. So the amount of choice that's available there has has grown in complexity uh, significantly you know every year it gets there's more and more options to choose from like how have you been able to navigate that with your clients and and figure out okay like how do we chart this path and when there is something new like either take advantage of it advantage of it or not and be able to you know thread that needle to to the, to give the experience that you want for the the clients that you serve
0: yeah yeah it's a it's a great question because i think it's one that agencies and business owners have struggled with i mean i remember when you know, this is 2014, 2015, there was a lot of compliance issues. There was a lot of, you know, ad accounts being shut down and so forth. And that led us to myself. I actually, I said, all right, I know Sheryl Sandberg is in New York City for the week. I'm going to go down and meet her personally and get us some kind of a- account rep. And I ended up meeting her. She, I never met her, but I ended up meeting her assistant and he somehow i don't know how but he got us an account manager uh guy's name was justin in the austin office and as soon as that happened it was like all of a sudden we were open to this new world not only did it help with you know policy and compliance issues and that kind of stuff but anything that would come out he'd say hey why don't you guys try this give it a shot you know and that's one of the beauties of the partner manager program that we've been a part of for quite some time now, is we will always test anything that's new and always try it, even if we might have tried it in the past and then we go back to it later on, like Reels ads right now. I remember when Instagram first came out as advertising. I'm really dating myself here, Jordan. But we had an issue with Instagram ads because people weren't used to seeing ads in their Instagram feed. You know, let alone stories, but and that came later. Obviously, the point was: as we tried it, it didn't work. And then our partner manager just kept saying, "All right, guys, just keep at it. People maybe on in Instagram really aren't used to seeing this quite yet, so keep at it. Redo it six months later, and now it's a it's a huge chunk of what we spend. If I think to the the, the past of how many new platforms, how many new placements have come out, I would say to any advertiser: try it, test it. You know, go all placements and see what works and what doesn't work. I mean, obviously the breakdowns aren't maybe what they once were, but the point is, it's like it's the entire platform. And sometimes the parts of the platform that might not look like they're pulling for you from a cost per acquisition or a return on ad spend perspective, lend itself to the entire whole of there's very many different points of of touch that needs to have happen in order for a conversion to occur. conversions as a direct response and performance ad agency is what our customers hire us for. So yeah, try everything and then try it again. And then try it again, because any new placement, any new position in Facebook, usually it comes out. It might not be perfect at first when some obviously you guys have gotten a whole lot better with those sorts of things, but then just continue to use it because it's more ad inventory where you can get your message across. And ultimately for us, great results for our customers have
1: you found within all that testing and learning and an iterative approach to how you you leverage the platform that have been just some best practices that that is still ring true today from from when you began anything that's that you still do that looking back you know you still did you know when you first started the business whether it's methodologically or even philosophically when how you approach things
0: i would say uh, probably two things the testing that we now have at what we refer to as a sandbox campaign or a sandbox within uh, an overall ad account that we try not to use or work against us or for us towards the completion of the goal. So, for a goal for some of our customers, it might be cost per acquisition, it might be a return on ad spend, it might be, you know, impressions. In rare cases, but we will have a small percentage of their overall spend, anywhere between one to five percent in sandbox campaigns where we are just testing, in a lot of cases, messaging creative, it might be new placements in this case, like reels is a good example. So we'll have that set aside. Now, you know, in some of our customer accounts, they might be spending hundreds of thousands per month. It's a small portion, it's still a significant chunk. So we look at that as something that's vital to making sure that we are are spending money as if it's our very own, but also that innovation side is really vital. And as a caveat to that, I think what's become really important and what's been consistent, especially within the last three to five years, is the importance of far more importance with messaging and creative. And especially in the last year, because you can't rely on great targeting and super precise data that maybe you could a year or two ago, but what is true now, and this is true in all of advertising, is the message really wins out. So if you look at where tier 11 has, has, you know, we now have 60 some odd plus people, we used to be a very media buying centric, 70, 80% of people that worked here were media buyers. Now it's 50 50 between media buyers and creative, you know, and designers, video people, copy chief, um, copywriters, all working on honing that front end message because the message ends up creating the market for you. And the message ends up creating your targeting in a lot of cases. And that's one of the things I think that's a huge trend that I don't think any ad platform can necessarily just do it on its own through its magnificent targeting or algorithm or any of that sort of stuff. It goes back to basics on advertising, which is you have to speak to your avatar or avatars main desires or main pain points. And what does your product or service do at a really psychological level, like very deep, do to be able to solve either one of those issues, either gain that desire or to solve a specific problem. And we we have a lot of focus on that. And we spend upwards of two weeks, literally two weeks um, through a process we call the creative lab that digs very, very deep on that. And we come out the other side and then present it to our customer. And then we test maybe those three or four or five different avatars with three or four or five different messages in order to expand that market um with oftentimes the same targeting that maybe they were using prior to our arrival so i would say that's a huge trend that's going to continue
1: yeah on the creative front i was curious how and what your point of view was and how technology fits into the future of creative within this the ecosystem because as you say you know as all of these placements have have grown the the types of creative that you need to, to match the placements it's to get it, you know, we have tools that, that allow you to do this, but to tailor those messages and to allow you to do it at scale, you either have to hire an army of people or you know have technology on hand to help you in some way. And I'm curious, like where you lie on that spectrum, are you, are you someone that has really leveraged technology to help, help you grow on the platform? Or as you say, as you've grown the proportion of buyers to creatives within the agency, you know you lean more on that personal touch or is it sort of a hybrid approach between the two?
0: We have a lot of technology tools to create creatives and internal systems. One of the things that we have not been able to supplant just the human being is the actual ad buying and the messaging. Now, there are tools that we do use on messaging and copywriting, and... I'll be honest with you, if I was starting a business now, I don't know as if a marketing agency would be the one that I would start because it's heavy people centric. <laughs> like, there's, there's really very few ways to leverage technology. I mean, I, in an ideal world, I'd love to have, you know, five media buyers and maybe five creative people and have them be able to triple or quadruple or quintuple their workload. Using some kind of technology to automate uh, we've tested pretty much everything that's out there, even worked on our own solutions, and nothing comes close to the the human doing the research, the human doing the messaging, the human writing the ad copy. Yes, there are solutions out there. we use those as well, especially in the copywriting side. but the idea itself still is a very human endeavor, so from a business perspective and a profitability perspective, I don't think an agency is a great business to get into. Um, or even if you're considering you know, hiring internal team, you have to have so many smart people, but uh, and those people are more and more expensive over time. So it's just a reality of where we are right now, especially on this platform with Meta. My friends in the Google world who started Google agencies, maybe less so, but still, you need humans to do the thing, and for us, the the thing that's most important and most impactful right now is is messaging, and that comes back to good old copywriting, research, a lot of the the old you know marketing strategies coming from the old marketing books, and um, we've got a pretty cracked team that that does that at Tier Eleven that I'm really proud of, and even though if they leave. They listen to this they're like well ralph sounds like he wants to fire me that's not it it's like <laughs> even with the technology it's like the human element is absolutely essential i don't think that'll ever change
1: sort of and so i want to dig into a, a, a something you mentioned there is it's a problem that a lot of you know companies go through in terms of this notion of sort of building or buying so you mentioned you know teams having to build those resources in-house whether it's technological or you know there's expertise in-house about all of these different areas or, and then they weigh up the 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 cost of buying that and you know leveraging a partner to help you like at what point have you seen that you know that crossover be you know that crossover and how do you I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it like what advice do you give to people who are at that transition point who are thinking, well, do I take the plunge and build my own resources, or do I take the plunge and invest in in working and building a solid relationship with a partner? Like what guidance? And I know, you know, being from Clear Eleven, and you know, I hopefully you can give a, a objective answer as best you can, but I think that's an interesting dilemma that many people face that I'd love your thoughts on and how they navigate that, because it is something that most marketing teams will go through at some point as their business grows.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a dilemma, I think. It, you know, we talk a lot to CMOs, VPs, of marketing directors of marketing and they're faced with that dilemma. And the the answer that I typically will come back to is that investing in an agency is a financial decision, but it's also a partnership. It's not just us creating results and then you sitting back and letting it all happen. It's a, it's a two-way street. So, uh, I think CMOs, VPs of marketing, you know, owner operators of businesses struggle with this question: Should I outsource it or should I hire internally? Knowing what I know about uh, the technicalities of of running Facebook ads, especially on the Meta platform and other platforms, it's really hard to find the right types of people that can work and mesh in a team in order to create results for the average business. So, in most cases, it becomes a financial decision. Do I actually have the budget to be able to invest in an agency? Um, but if you, especially if you have a product that's already selling. So for example, like there's, there's a customer that we're onboarding, I believe this week or the end of next week. They, they don't have any presence on social, but they have a $25 million direct mail business. And we did an analysis and said, all right, listen, There's going to be one, two, three months of trial and error to take what you guys have been able to do to be successful offline and make it successful online with interruption marketing and Facebook being the primary modality. And in that case, like when I get on those calls, I'll tell people, like, listen, this is what I think we should do. And and our sales team, our biz dev team is really good at that. So that's a case where. All right. Should I hire an agency? Should I hire an internal team? I said, you can leapfrog the competition. You can speed up your learning curve by hiring us. At some point in time, will you maybe get an internal team? That happens. And if I go back and I look at customers who have left tier 11, not everybody stays with us for 10 years. A lot of them did create internal teams. And that's fine. And that's just a natural evolution of business. What I will say to people is that, all right, I've got an offer. That I think is going to work I don't have 25 million dollars in sales I have zero sales, but I think it's going to work and all I need is an agency to come in and uh, this thing is going to be successful. Those are the customers who say we, sorry, we can't work with you Like here's what you should do. <laughs> get your credit card out, open a Facebook account, you know we'll send you some training you know or learn it on your own, and just try and dial this stuff in ten dollars a day, hundred dollars a day, boost a few posts. Get some sense as to whether the, what you are trying to offer the market resonates at all, and because we can't really unless we do what's referred to as like an offer augmentation and creation package, which is a whole other thing. Like that's a it's an expensive proposition for a starting company. It's like do it on your own. Go out and find because the platform is still really easy. It's self serving. I sound like a you know a meta shill here, but it is true. It's like when you need a credit card, a business page. It's not that hard to get stuff started. Just boost a few posts with content that's targeted to what you think your market is and start learning at a few dollars a day, as opposed to hiring an agency, which can be eight figures in some cases, like the fee itself. And I hate to see businesses um, you know, just convince us to work with them. And then at 90 or 120 days, they're like, this just isn't working because my offer isn't working and you guys are too expensive. And we've made that mistake before. We try not to make that mistake now, but find it out on your own. And then once you gain some success to take things to the next level, you know, considering hiring an agency like tier 11 doesn't necessarily have to be us, but we try to think of like what's best for the business owner, taking ourselves out of it. And um, it's, it's worked well. We haven't been perfect on that, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a small world. You know, you want to do what's best for other people. If your solution is what you think is the best one, then we promote that. If not, then we sort of will direct them to other people that might be able to help them or have them do it on their own.
1: And so you touched on two interesting scenarios there. You know, the, the existing company that has a big budget that has that has no Meta presence or has, you know, a very small share of their, their budget going on to Meta. And the brand new company startup that has no idea, even if they have sort of a product market fit yet, like, what advice do you give? Or what more advice could you give to those who currently aren't doing an, an advertising on Meta at all, or have only you know portioned a very small part of their budget because they haven't been able to find that that necessary fit yet?
0: yeah I mean I, I think they well, they need a business page first. I mean, I think that's the first thing. if they don't have that, then they sort of have to start creating that. but I mean, that starts with content. I mean, content still does drive the internet, whether that's video, whether it's written, whether it's audio, like we're doing here. It's audio and video here. Uh, so how do you know what will resonate with your market and unless you actually go out and put it in front of that market? and this is a really easy way to start. Uh, on Meta is to, if you have a blog, you know, if you have pre-existing content, if you have video, we're sort of assuming that people will have that. If they have nothing. They don't really have a whole lot to post. But if they've got that, then start posting that on your page at a couple of dollars a day and see what resonates. Go back into your page insights and look at, you know, how's my engagement? You know, we look at this as a part of the initial phase when working with a customer say a customer customer associate all right we want to work with you guys we have a discovery call at the end of it we'll say all right what we'd like to do is we would like to take a look at the last 90 days what you've done on social facebook google other platforms where you are right now what your goal is and where we feel we can get you within the next 90 to 180 days so it's a uh, where you been, where are you right now, and then where you, you need to be. And what we oftentimes will do is getting back to the messaging question, messaging is everything, and especially on, on any social platform, but especially with Facebook, is you know we'll go and look in their pages and look at page insights into which page posts have gotten the most engagement that relate to their product or service. And oftentimes, those little seeds, if they're planted, can create what we refer to as unicorn ads that really resonate with the market and sell and come in at a you know cost per acquisition that's amenable. So that's part of our analysis. And we use that even now. And it's like, it's the most basic info. So looking at your data, getting yourself out there, you know, this is not an expensive proposition. You, you can test for dollars a day and it's it'll be amazing what you'll find out about your market and uh that way you'll know okay when and if I start really doing advertising inside ads manager or maybe next step I hire an agency at least I have a direction on which uh to uh to go on
1: yeah and I think it would be uh it would be a a miss before we think about wrapping up today's show to not touch upon some of the biggest challenges that advertisers are facing currently so There's a huge shift going on in the industry. We are still two years nearly into a global pandemic. There's all sorts of technological shifts going on. And I'm just curious from your point of view, like what are you seeing as some of the biggest challenges that you're facing and the advertisers that that you serve are, are facing today? Well, I mean, just on the meta platform, I think is the attribution question.
0: I mean, I think, you know, things have, when the iOS 14 update, really took hold in the middle of the summer last year, there was a lot of businesses and, and, you know, to meta and Facebook's point. I mean, the smaller businesses really did suffer because they were so granular on that day's ROAS, that day's, uh, you know, performance. And when all of a sudden there was a dramatic shift in visibility and in a lot of cases, obviously delayed reporting, that was a tremendous shift, and we we had a number of customers that ended up just they probably were sort of borderline, like they were still kind of new. There were maybe one product, maybe they weren't quite mature. They couldn't look at things from a thirty thousand foot view, uh, and they were really very transfixed on a one day score, like one day CPA, one day return on ad spend, maybe even three day or five days, seven day. So transitioning from super granular and looking at everything on a one day or or very short term transitioning that and getting people to think all right you got to think about this long term you're trying to build a business here using this platform where there are billions of monthly active users your audience is there so is this going to be a part of your overall marketing strategy and those businesses are the ones that continue to survive and thrive. And we've got customers that even through iOS did extremely well, had their best years ever. And I think they took the longer view. And yeah, we can get granular data, and I think you guys are doing a much better job now of populating or back populating that data in. And we've seen a lot of shifts there, which have been tremendous. But I think the biggest change, the biggest challenge, is getting people to start to think a little bit more globally through not just what they see inside ads manager alone but also looking at their crm their shopify store how are things being affected overall and what we do know is that when you we see this universally even if you might not see the conversions coming in on ads manager as soon as you dip down your facebook ad spend or your meta ad spend your revenue for your Shopify store or your CRM starts to decrease alongside with it. And I think that's where advertising was years ago. And I think a lot of companies maybe got spoiled with like the amazing reporting you guys have had up until that point. It's still amazing to this day, but I think a lot of those businesses that maybe weren't prepared or the smaller ones that had that shorter term mindset, we tend to really focus on bigger picture let's look at marketing efficiency ratio, which is total revenue divided by ad spend in total, Facebook being one of them. And then how all these attribution uh, things play out, we have uh, tools that we use for that. But I think that's been the the biggest challenge, I think for customers as well as for uh, us as an advertiser. But I look at it as just another challenge. You know, you know. I mean, there were seven or eight of them along the way through, I've been doing this, you know, since 2010, 2009, and, and this is just one more. And it's, you know, the best end up surviving because they figure out a way around it and, and get better as a result.
1: And how do you see yourselves innovating around those challenges? So you've mentioned you've seen six, seven, eight challenges over your time running the company, and this is just another one. And And so what is it about, this challenge that if is there anything that would allow you to to have more innovation around it or innovation in the industry that excites you about what's coming in the future
0: yeah i I think the uh the things that really excite me are uh everything that's after the click whether that's on platform or off platform and as an ad agency i think we would always look at the after the click experience but never really have Products or services specifically around it for years until about two to three years ago, where we started to add that to the part portfolio. So my my assertion was, hey, you know, if we can get a conversion rate to cold traffic from one percent to two percent, well, your fifty dollar CPA all of a sudden goes down to twenty five dollars. I mean, it's just simple math. The ad is only one part of the total advertising experience, and I think you know, some of the on platform stuff that you guys have going right now is the next evolution of that. But I also think like people have to think just, it's not about ads. It's about everything after you click. And that includes, you know, great sales pages, ad copy and copywriting and images and videos after the click that really resonate with a message that's resonating before the click. But it's also the total user experience of enhancing average order value. Like look at ways in which you can acquire a customer at a higher price. Because one of the things I think that's going to be never changing, and it hasn't changed ever since we first started, is ad prices are continuing to go up. I mean, consumer price index is going up anyway, and advertising just goes along with it. So it's going to be more expensive a year from now to acquire a customer than it is today. So what are you going to use if you're using just your ads and your ad copy alone as the single thing? Well, look at that after the click experience as an integral part of the advertising as a whole. And that's been a shift for us in the last two to three years, which has powered the effectiveness of our ads on Meta as well as the other platforms. And I think if businesses aren't looking at that, uh, there's businesses out there that haven't split tested their pricing or their landing pages in five years. Like we see them all the time. Like that unto itself is something that really does have to change, which means it's a little harder now than it was before, but the fruits of that labor are really going to pay off because what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to grow a business and beat out the competition and ultimately have a, a great user experience for your customers, which is the goal.
1: So Ralph it's been it's been amazing to have you on the show today and you've shared a wealth of information and knowledge about all sorts of different ways people can you know get more out of, of the platform but if there was one thing that you would want the listener to take away today like what would be the single biggest thing that that if they're not doing they should start doing um just to you know to finish on a high
0: yeah this is going to be cliche but i mean uh, uh, advertising is dealing with a lot of failure <laughs> really I hate to say that but I have a baseball player as a son and he's like hey you know one of the things I love about baseball is like I fail two out of 3 times but you know I figure out what was wrong and it makes me better as a result so for us as as advertisers I mean we're probably about out of every 10 ads or 10 messages that we create if we're getting 3 of them to that resonate that's great if we get 2 that's probably more average you know when we first started it was 1 out of 10 there's still a lot of failure and it's about even if let's say you created 10 different ads you created 10 different images different ad copies maybe the same ad copy different image maybe 10 different videos that's 10 different iterations of the same message and only one of them gets conversions and works like that's a win because you have to be able to figure out like what works in the market and I think as an advertising agency, it's always been fascinating to me human psychology. What convinces people to buy? What persuades people to buy? Like that idea of persuasion. And you're you're not gonna get it right every single time. And I think for any advertiser, and I hear this a fair amount when we used to do a, a lot of Facebook ads training, is like, oh, I tried Facebook and it didn't work. Or I tried Meta and it didn't work. Well, how many ads did you try? Well, tried a couple and that was it. It's Like, it's not enough. Like that doesn't mean that you need to spend tens of thousands of dollars. It means that you just, you figured out a couple of things that don't work. And there's that old adage by Thomas Edison about the filament light bulb. You know, I'm not going to repeat that one here, but like he failed and tried like 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 times, depending on what your quote is. It's not like that, but He will light the entire world. Like you as an advertiser, if you fail a couple of times, it's just, it's experience, but look at your data. Maybe there's a higher click-through rate on one of those ads. Maybe there's a lower CPM, maybe there's a lower CPC. Maybe, you know, your click to landing page view was higher for that particular ad. Look at that data, even though you might not see a sale or a lead, remember the first time I advertised on Facebook was Christian Mingle, $3,000, no leads. You know, but I I learned a lot. I eventually made it work. And that was an expensive mistake, Jordan, which I don't want anybody to repeat. But the point was (laughs) I figured out what didn't work. And by extension, you figure out ultimately what does work Because advertising is a lot of trial and error for
1: sure. Amazing. Now, I just want to extend a big thank you to you, Ralph, for joining us here on the show today. So Ralph Burns, founder and CEO of Tier 11. And for everybody who has been listening today, I just want to thank you for joining us in today's episode. Please do subscribe to the podcast, share it with the team, your peers, your network, and leave a review if you enjoyed it. And thanks again for listening and look out for the next episode.